Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where each week we find ways to gently rebel against the nonsense that overwhelm and exhaustion are just the price you pay to have the life you want. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. And this week we're talking about a really unusual symptom of overwhelm. Actually, it's not unusual, it's that you might not have considered it as a symptom of overwhelm. So that's the symptom we have when we're so busy all day that we spend so much time in our head. And then after work, we realise that we're kind of achy in our bodies. How does that happen? It's weird, huh? (laughs) It's like, what have I done? I haven't exercised. I've hardly moved all day. Why do I ache? What's going on? So this is a really, really good one to notice because once you notice it, it's so obvious. It's so, so obvious. And the more obvious signs and symptoms of overwhelm, the better, because the really obvious ones are easier to notice. And if we go with the gently rebellious, but more playful way of thinking about the signs and symptoms of overwhelm are useful. They're course corrections. So the ones that are most annoying or most obvious are, if we turn it around, the most helpful. So that really weird one of you're going through a really busy time and you push on through and you get to the end of the day and you kind of ache all over like you've run a long way or some done some sort of workout, except you don't have that good feeling of that. That's a really helpful one because it can really hit you. Are you with me? So first of all, um, have you noticed that for yourself? And can you remember, it doesn't matter if you can or not, but can you notice any patterns? So can you notice when it's more obvious or um, yeah, any kind of information for yourself personally? See if this relates to you. So we're going to use it. This I bet you never thought of it as a sign and symptom of overwhelm, but it, but it is. It's a really um, it's a really common one. And as I said, it's a really useful one. So just noticing that and labelling it as overwhelm instead of there being something wrong with you, how does that make you feel? I'm really hoping that that makes you curious and that that um, inspires you to look at it differently because this is what I know used to happen to me. I'd push myself through, get to the end of the day and then think, oh my God, I ache in really weird places or maybe wouldn't even notice till I got into bed. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Something wrong with me now. And then I'd get back into my head. So I'd, my body would draw my attention into it to notice anywhere that I would then label as something was wrong. Um, my body's complaining. Oh, what's wrong with me? And then all my attention go back in my head and I'd go into analytical problem solving mode. So I'd be back in my head getting overwhelmed by another problem to solve the problem of my body not being up to scratch. Can you relate to this? So what do we do about it? Well, first of all, we notice it. We just notice it. And and I know this, this sounds silly and people have read my book and said, is that it? Is that is that all you're going to tell me to do? And then <laughs> gone back over it and realised it's actually really profound. And the more you practice noticing what's going on for yourself, the more powerful the method of noticing gets because self-awareness matters. To find out a way for you to live your life in the most easiest, joyful, fun way, you have to take your attention away from all of the stuff that's stealing your attention, the stuff that's overwhelming you and blocking you from seeing the easier, more productive ways to be, the more fun ways to be, the easier way, the more you way to live your life. 
and just get your attention back. Notice you get to choose what you notice. You get to choose once you learn this what to pay attention to. So notice it as useful information. Then neutrally notice that. So that means drop the judgments. So to neutrally notice, you've got to shift from noticing to then noticing any judgment. So judgment, don't worry about other people's judgments, your judgments, all that matters. So if you notice a pattern like I've just described, I used to have when I was working against myself, thinking that I had this amazing career and I did have an amazing career, but it wasn't working for me because I didn't know what I know now. But you get to because I'm sharing it with you. Notice neutrally. So see what happens. So notice the, in this case, the all the aches and pains and the what's wrong with my body now. Then notice your mind's stories about that, the reaction to it. There's something wrong with me. Uh-oh. And then any anxiety about that. And then any stories leading to, uh-oh, if I don't sort this out, then this will happen. And then I won't be able to do this. And then everything will fall to pieces, blah, 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 doom, doom, doom. Just notice all of it. Notice the judgments. No, notice the lack. Particularly, this is very common this kind of lack of compassion and love for our bodies so instead of seeing them as the amazing things they are because they are actually self-regulating there's a magical thing isn't it your body's telling you there's something wrong that's actually a good thing and it's really helpful but we don't know how to use that information because we're taught to override it we're taught that we should override our body's needs in order to succeed that's so it's not your fault it's just the way things are so once you start rebelling against that and saying well I'm going to notice I'm going to pay attention pay attention but then change that noticing into neutral noticing by also noticing the judgments the shoulds the oughts the uh-oh what's wrong now the problem solving the googling symptoms the um making appointments constantly to get something fixed so a really common pattern for me was okay so I need to up my self-care sounds good right <laughs> so I'll have um, a masseur come to the house every two two weeks sounds brilliant you can see why I thought I had everything sussed but it's not that knowledge wasn't deep enough I didn't know what I know now and that is that I was pushing myself too hard and then using the massage to prop up a dysfunctional way of being in the world a way that didn't work for me now I don't need massages I just like them can you see so before the massage was my response to trying to stop my body complaining and it felt good but it didn't feel as good as it does now because while I was being massaged I was thinking oh god that's really bad that knot oh I hope she managed to sort that out oh I hope she doesn't miss that bit or I'm going to be in pain for two weeks or my mind and at the same time my mind would be off about you know sorting stuff out at work and it would be in my mind to be really busy now when I have a massage it's a very very different experience because first of all I have the skills of neutral noticing so I can control what my attention is doing so I can bring it back into my body deliberately stop it wandering off and working you know doing some work in my head or problem solving in my head bring my attention back into my body and thoroughly enjoy the massage so there's so it's such a different experience which is why it's not what we do so nobody can tell you, like if I said to you, you could sort all your problems with overwhelm at work and trying to manage your life if you, you know, got more organised, looked after yourself better. In fact, I was, um, I had a very exciting time a couple of weeks ago where I was asked to comment on burnout for BBC Local Radio. And 
one of the first questions they asked me was, what is burnout? And I, I, I have looked it up, luckily, because that wasn't the question I was expecting. I, I had different answers, but I'm fine with that. Um, and there isn't any uh, definition of burnout. There's no official definition of burnout. And it's not a mental health condition, which I would argue it's not a mental health condition. Um, because for me, that's a it's a it's helpful if it's not because it gives you more options. Um, you don't need a label to get help. You can have one if you want. So there's an option. There's different ways of dealing with it and it can be more empowering that way and it can be easier to do something about it. That's not then that's not a judgment on mental health conditions. That's just there isn't one for burnout. But in my research into what other experts were saying was helpful for burnout, I came across an article from a mental health perspective which said to avoid burnout, make sure you sleep well, exercise regularly and eat a healthy diet. And I think it was another thing. And it made me really cross because you're not stupid. <laughs> We're not stupid. And I was doing all of those things and I still burn out. It, to me, it didn't go. It's in. It's very. It was very good advice because yes, it's right. Looking after your physical health will help you not burn out. Well, actually, it will, yeah. I would argue it could also help you burn out because <laughs> it keeps you stuck in the pattern. It depends how you're doing it. So the point I'm making is, firstly, I could give you that kind of advice. I don't think it's helpful. I had that kind of advice. It wasn't helpful. I wasn't stupid. You're not stupid. It's impossible to do those things when you're really struggling, when you're completely overwhelmed, overwhelmed. If somebody tells you to get a good night's sleep, eat properly and exercise more, you just want to scream because you're already trying to do all of those things and trying to do those things is adding to your overwhelm. And this is what happens with the body. You we push our bodies really, really hard and they start complaining. And instead of listening to them completely neutrally without having to do anything about it, we start thinking, uh oh, something's wrong. We need to solve it. And it adds to our overwhelm because we're straight back into our heads. And what happened to me is my body kept drawing for my attention in increasing ways, I kept trying to look after my body better by doing things like hacking my sleep, having regular massages, increasing my exercise, all sorts of things, meditating, everything. But none of it helped. It kept me on that surfing the verge of breakdown. It helped as in, yes, those things are good for me, but it was, I became, I had so many things to do in order to manage my energy and my time in order to cope with my life, a life that I had set up in a way that just didn't suit me. And to me, there's a much deeper thing going on, which is how I work now. And that is, there are, we're all different. And giving, giving advice of something more to do is unhelpful in this instance for, for where I was and for the people I work with. Instead, you can just notice it. And that's why it's so powerful. No, neutral noticing is powerful because you are not having to act on it. It works in and of itself. So you notice the aches and pains and then you neutrally notice them. So you notice also the layer of shoulds, oughts, the uh-ohs, the starting to add to your, I must Google that symptom. 
and then from there from there you have freedom how well you have the information you need to notice what's going on for you but you don't have to do anything so you're freed you're not a problem to be solved there's nothing wrong with you this is a dialogue between you and your body and your body is telling you something useful you can then just instead of deciding i wonder what my body's telling me you can just instead decide okay i'm going to listen i'm going to notice so the first thing to do after noticing is to respond to that with love and compassion. Thank you. Thank you, body, for letting me know. I'm so sorry. I'm not that good at listening to you. I'm learning. I'm doing my best. And that act of compassion, that act of self-love, by deep listening, by listening to your body like the old friend is indeed, indeed is, like a wise old friend who's there just waiting for you to heed their advice. So your body's there saying, yeah, this isn't working very well for you because look, there's achiness. Look, there's heaviness. Look, there's funny sprains and weird stuff going on. It's, you know, whatever it is. So that in itself is the first step and it's much more powerful than I can describe to you. From there, you can then start noticing the patterns and that gives you more information. So are there certain days, um, certain times, like if you've got a project or, you know, notice for you what's going on. And once you've got that, so you're noticing neutrally, you're noticing over a period of time, you can just, you start to develop this really important relationship with your body where it's a dialogue, you're listening, you're heard, you feel your body, you're, you are in your body. So it's you, isn't it? You're having a conversation with yourself, but you're focusing on your body with love, with compassion instead of irritation and impatience. That in itself will change your life. That's rebellious in itself because I bet you have other people aren't doing that around you. In a world where everybody around you is pushing themselves through busyness, overwhelm, into exhaustion and pushing them through themselves to exhaustion, why should you do anything other than that until you start to gently rebel and decide, I'm going to neutrally notice, I'm going to give this a go. But don't blame yourself for previously not doing it. So this is how we get freedom, by gently rebelling against the norm. And the norm is pushing ourselves too hard through overwhelm and exhaustion because it works, right? It's got you to this level of success. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that you get to a stage in your life where it still works, but the cost is too high and you're not, you're no longer happy to pay the price. That's all that happens. So previously you were happy or not happy, but prepared to push through overwhelming exhaustion to reach a goal. So it often starts very young in the teenage years at school. Sacrifice now to pass exams and then you can have more freedom, more fulfillment, etc. But when does that stop? Because there's a pattern that's built into us and it, we just keep pushing and pushing. And then we get to a point where we, we desperately need to do something about it because we're no longer functioning highly. It's not working anymore. So this isn't this time when it's no longer working for you. 
that's not bad. It just feels it. It feels awful. It's scary. It's panicky. What's wrong with me? I should be able to handle this. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that your body and your mind and your heart, you, you are kicking in and reminding yourself that you wanted freedom and fulfillment. That's why you've sacrificed and worked so hard. So how can you have it? And what tends to happen is we get to a point where we think, well, this isn't working for me. Am I going to have to cut my hours, which usually means having less responsibility or less um, power in terms of being able to affect good stuff? So less ability to have a good impact on um, people working for us or customers or whatever. Or we start getting to, well, for me, I went through a long time, like I said, of I'm going to hack my sleep, hack my diet, hack my exercise, meditate, do all those things. So we work really hard to become a higher functioning human being so we can cope with the pressure we think we have to cope with to work at this level because we've worked so hard to get to that level. Or we start thinking, do I have to quit? And burnout is the, is the explosive, embarrassing, messiest way of quitting, isn't it? But it is one way to get your life back. It's just it's just wearisome because it takes a long, long time. To, people often talk about, oh, yeah, I got a bit burnt out. Yeah, you can get a bit burnt out and you can keep going for much longer. But but proper full on burnout is rubbish. And I really don't recommend it. And if you've been there, you'll know exactly what I mean. When you get to the point where you're just not able to cope anymore, you can't function at work and you're so exhausted, you just can't recover. That takes months and it affects your confidence. It affects your financial stability. It affects your health. It's, it's, a, it's a long road back. It is easier to avoid burnout by making changes now by looking at overwhelm and making overwhelm optional for you than it is to burn out and then have to do it. It's the same work because burnout forces you to examine your habits and your beliefs about yourself and what you're capable of and about how you how hard you have to push yourself in order to have the level of work success and, that you want. But if you do that work now, while you're still in that position you've worked hard for, it's easier. It doesn't feel easier when I suggest it because you'll be thinking, but I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the headspace. I'm too overwhelmed, Heidi. That's why I'm listening to your podcast. Yeah, I know. That's why everything I teach is designed to fit into your life and support you while it works by tiny, tiny exercises, practices. Like, for example, my free audio. Click the link below in the show notes or go to my website, heidimark.co.uk, heidimark with an E, and get hold of my free audio. The one minute mark gives you immediate relief from overwhelm, but it does masses more than that. But I'm not going to tell you everything it does. I've done that in previous episodes, but I'm not going to tell you immediately you get hold of that because you don't need to know. When you go to get that audio and you start using it, all you want is to feel better. You want to get out of overwhelm. Once you experience that, you want more. And the way to get more is actually to use the audio more often, to take it more seriously, as in commit to it. Okay, so I can get out of overwhelm for one minute. How can I use that in the rest of my life? And the one minute mark, that free audio is neutral noticing, is what I've just described. So you could decide to get hold of that audio and apply it to this week's topic, which is your body pushing your body too hard to the point where it's complaining at the end of a, a busy day or a busy period at work. 
you could do that. That would be one way of doing it. That would be an excellent use of both the audio, my work and this episode and your time. That audio is the most effective use of 60 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 seconds that you could have right now. It's a gift. So go and get it. HeidiMark.co.uk, the one minute mark. Go for it. Use it. It works. But it's not it's not a beginner's practice. It is the practice. But you always come back to it. It's easy to use. Can you see it's just 60 seconds? Use it between meetings. Use it first thing in the morning. Use it to let go of your day at night. Use it at lunchtime. Use it when you're traveling home. Just use it. See. Tell me what happens. Super exciting. Easy. So it's easier to take that one minute practice and slot it into your life and avoid burnout than it is to burn out and then have to examine everything and then learn it. It's just easier because the difference between pushing yourself and continuing to push through overwhelm and exhaustion and learning how to do things your way, which is gently rebelling against this way we've all been taught, the difference between it is one way is just pushing or quitting and the gently rebellious way is committing to yourself first. And part of that is rebuilding your relationship with yourself. I commit to myself first, to living my life my way. I'm done with overwhelm. I'm done with pressure. I'm done with this nonsense. I want my life back. I want to be able to sleep well. I want to be able to go to work and cope with pressure and be really good at work, as in like really able to communicate clearly, able to get on with people, able to be you know, the kind of person who walks in a room and people are pleased to see you rather than that horrible thing when we get grumpy or we get, you know, start getting inconvenient tear leakage on the way home or just like feeling like, oh my God, just stop. Everything's too much. I want to get off. <laughs> it, you want to be, you want to be who you are because when you are who you are and you're happy, you light the world up. So, This week is all about using the feelings of your body to achieve that. And each week we can use a different way in. So I'm inviting you to notice how you feel in your body and to use that to start gently rebelling. But what about my aches and pains now, Heidi? I don't just want to use them to get my life back. I want to feel better right now. And so you can. So the second thing I want to mention in this episode is the reason why we end up with our bodies complaining at us. So firstly, it's because we ignore them. So they're going to keep shouting until they scream. And that's fair enough because you need your body and your body's just doing its job and there's a course correction to happen. But in the meantime, we can do mini course corrections, or not in the meantime, at the same time. So one way of doing this is... The reason that we get all of this tension in the body and we end up with all these aches and pains is because we accidentally use our body as part of the pushing through the day. So a really good way of thinking about this is if you are driving and there's a traffic light and you're late or you get stuck in traffic in any sort of way and you, you, you're stuck, right? And you, you, you're watching the time and you just need the traffic light to change or you need the traffic to clear or so you're stuck and 
in that moment, you can really notice what's going on in your body. And it's very common for us to be gripping the steering wheel without realizing it and kind of pushing the car forward. We can't push the car forward, but we're kind of trying to. And it's that overuse of the body in a useless, pointless way. But it's because we live in our bodies, right? So when we're getting um, caught up in, and fraught and busy, the tension's in our body because our body's there trying to help us. Like, come on, everybody speed up. You know, a meeting overruns is going to have a knock-on effect. You've got stuff to do. You've got, you know, errands to run, kids to pick up, dogs to pick up, whatever. And it's stressful. And that tension's in your body and we hold it in our body. So the set, the way to deal with that so that you release the tension before it builds up is to not try and relax. <laughs> There was that controversial enough there. So this is the gentle rebellion. When I'm not going to tell you to relax. Oh my goodness! One of the worst things somebody used to say to me was, "And breathe." You maybe just want to punch that person. Instead, just notice. So relaxing isn't something you can add to your to-do list. It's not something you can purposely practice. You can, as in, you can learn stress relief techniques and relaxation practices. But that's another thing to add to your to-do list. And before that, it's much easier just to neutrally notice. So the way I would suggest is either use the one minute mark, the free audio on the hour every hour. You won't do it on the hour every hour. But if you schedule it for that, you're going to do it often enough to start purposely ingraining this habit. So the one minute mark is a neutral noticing. It's the neutral noticing audio. 60 seconds gets you out of your head, into your body and you notice how you feel completely neutrally and it also tends to allow any tension to leave the body effortlessly so we don't deliberately notice the tension and try and push it out of the body or try and release it we just allow it so the words in the one minute mark the free audio are allow your belly to soften if it wants to and if it doesn't that's okay just notice that too so it's an allowing instead of a trying. This is really important. This is absolutely fundamental to the gentle rebellion. You are not going to add your to-do list, must learn to relax, must do more yoga, must do stretches to get rid of that tension. You can if you want, but it's faster, it's habit changing, it's life changing to notice and allow. So it's, it, it's the step before even deliberately, you know, having a deep breath or deliberately rolling your shoulders back between meetings. It's it's even subtler and more powerful than that because those reactions tend to happen anyway after this. So you notice tension as it's building during the day. Just notice it and then notice it neutrally. So instead of saying, oh my God, I'm gritting my teeth. I didn't even realise I'm terrible. No wonder I've got all these problems and follow your mind with that story about tooth dental bills um instead just notice the tension oh my jaw's really tight that's interesting oh my stomach i'm actually holding my stomach in that's interesting so you get curious get playful oh that's interesting i didn't realize that i was holding i don't know i can't think of any other tense points i don't really have them anymore let me see so belly is common chest actually can be quite an interesting one i think that might be to do with where the shoulders end up and also the fact that our breath tends to 
be shallower without us realising it when we're under pressure. So the chest can actually get tightness. Jaws really common. Eyes. Yeah. So anywhere for you. Scalp. Oh my goodness. How nice is a scalp massage? Even hands, because we can be gripping a pen and not realising it. So the idea here isn't to gradually relax all your body on purpose, although, you know, doing a body scan where you purposely do that is lovely, but who has time? And why not just start with noticing because it's really powerful. So get curious, notice your patterns of where you're holding tension throughout the day. Then you can start noticing when they're most triggered. So it could be a certain person because you're used to that. Per whenever that person comes along, they tend to give you something more to do or they tend to say something critical that, you know, that you might be associating that person with pressure and they just the appearance of them or the mention of their name or seeing their name on an email causes a physical reaction of tension. Just notice that. Don't try and get rid of it. Just notice it. Notice it as useful information. It's all useful information to help you live how you want to live, which I'm guessing is with freedom, ease, choice, fulfillment, focus, being able to connect with people, being able to be present with those you love, being able to separate work from home and go home and actually have an evening, being able to sleep well, be able to laugh easily, be able to have fun, have a whole life. Yeah. Who knew it could just start with neutrally noticing what's going on in your body. I suggest you start with the end of the day if you're getting the big, you know, the big full on, oh, I'm aching all over thing or and or start with noticing tiny patterns during the day. Notice them neutrally. Just notice them. Notice the power of noticing them. Notice the power of making it more and more neutral. Notice the power of deliberately moving your attention away from the stories and judgments in your head about the aches and pains in your body. Bring your attention back to your body. Just notice, get curious. That's interesting. And if you do do this, I'd love to know what happens. I always love hearing from you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a little moment of your time to share it, like it, etc to help other people find it and if you'd like to know more about my work please go to www.tidymark.co.uk